0: So we're going to start today towards the middle of Dav Kuf Chav Ahmed Amit Bay's. The last two words on the line where it says, Tani Chada. Tani Chada. Hmm? Yeah. Now maybe a page before? Page before, yeah. It should be over there. Tani Chada. So what we learned yesterday was about a Braise uh, that spoke about what kind of firewood could you use on Yom Tov. And that's if a person does not have the regular firewood that he would use. So we were speaking about whether a person can take a keili and throw it into a fire, for example a wooden chair. Or how about if that wooden chair broke, could you use broken pieces of a keili for the uh, firewood in Yamtif? Of course this is all in Yamtif. So Gemara now will bring back that breise that we learned about yesterday and Explain it. this Gemara is going to bring actually three different b'raises that say something different and explain who the opinions of these b'raises are. Tani We learned the one b'raise. Masikim bekalim. You can use a keli for firewood. Ve'e masikim But you cannot use a keli that broke as firewood on Yamtev. Ve'tan In a second b'raise we learned. Kishem shem masikim Just as you're allowed to use kalim. For firewood and yamtiv, you could also use broken wooden kalim as firewood. And yet, in a third brayso, we learned much more stringent: you can't use. You can use plain firewood that was prepared for, as firewood that you could use, but a kalim that's a wooden kalim you can't use for firewood, and also a broken chair, for example, you can't use either. None of it. So, what's going on with these three braces? So the Gemara explains, Ha Rabbi Yehuda, the first b'risa follows the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. The Gemara explained that Rabbi Yehuda holds that there's a Muktzah that's called neilat. If there's something that is created on Shabbos, that's orientive, that's called Muktzah, neilat. Okay, so over here, therefore, if you have a wooden chair, so that's something that existed before Yantav began. You can use it. It's not mukta. You could take it and throw it into the fireplace for firewood. But if it's something which is noilad, if it broke and now it has a new purpose, it doesn't have its original use, so it's like a new thing that was created, that's mukta. That's the first brayse where it says, <laughs> The second brayse that says that you're allowed to use any keili, a broken keili, it doesn't make any difference. This follows the opinion of Rabshimin. rapshimin is very lenient about mukta. Rab Shimon says that there's no issue of if it's a whole Keli. There's no issue of if it's something which is uh, broken. There's no nailat. he doesn't hold of Neilad. And ha, oh, Rab the third Brisa follows the opinion of Rab Nechemya. As we learned once before, Rabbi Nechemia holds a much more stringent approach to mukta, and he says that anything that can't be used for its original intended purpose that it was made for, is not it can't be used on Yom Tif. So even if a, a, a keli, a chair for example, a wooden chair, it's intended to sit on it. For that you're allowed to move it. But to move it, to take it, to use for firewood, that you're not allowed. So you're not allowed to use, not a chair, not a broken chair, to be used for firewood on Shabbos. Nachman. Ad Nachmen, Av Nachman said, These bricks that are left over from a building site. And you have leftover bricks? You're allowed to move them a Yomtif. Why? Aren't they Moktzer? They're not a Keli at all. So the answer is no, they could be used. The Chazul of Mizga'alaya. It could be used to sit on it or to lean on it. We had this before already brought in the Gemara. Sharginum. So if he set them up and he uh, stacked them up in a row, So then it's clear that he's setting it aside to be used for building and then it's not it's going to be muktza. It's not a keli, he's not going to use it for anything, so then it's muktza. A small piece of broken earthenware. A small piece of broken earthenware. In a chutzer, in a courtyard, it's allowed to be moved. But not in a karmelis. So Rashi explains the reason is in a chutzer you have all kinds of utensils there, and this broken earthenware could be used as a cover, so it has a use. But in a karmelis, you don't have utensils there, so it can't be used as a cover. So in a karmelis, it's going to be mukta Rav Nachman himself said, "A fill of a karmelis, even in a karmelis." A broken earthenware could also be used. For what? So Rashi says, if there's any spittle on the ground that you want to cover, even in a Carmelis, which is not a place where a person keeps his uh, dishes or, or or whatever it is, but even there it could be used to cover something. But it, you know, if, if there's a broken earthenware in the Rishos Light, there has no use, so it's mukta Rav Ravai, a third opinion. Rav says, "Even in a a broken earthenware has a use, uh, or actually, again, let me clarify again. Rashi says no, in the Rishusarabim it has no use. But Rav's opinion is, as the Gemara will soon explain, although it has no use in the Rabim, but if it's an item that has a use in a karmelis or in a chotzer, so even in a Rishusarabim where it has no use, we don't consider it to be moktze. If in one kind of place it has a use." So then I say, even in a place where it does not have a use, it's not muxa mm-hmm. either. Ali Gemara uh, uh, shares an incident that happened with Rava himself. Rava follows his opinion. was walking on Shabbos, in the marketplace of Mchuzah. His shoes became dirty with cement. Asa shame, his servant came, and took a piece of earthenware. and he was uh, wiping off with this earthenware the um, the mud from his shoes. Rama So one of the rabbanon began screaming and protesting. Uh, Omar, so um, so he began protesting because this this Rabbanan said it's mukta mm-hmm. This piece of earthenware in rishusarabim has no regular use. This use that he's using it for, to take off the cement of the shoes, that's not a a use that it's usually used for. If it would be in a chatzar, so it could be used as a cover. If it would be in a karmelis, it could be used to cover spittle on the ground. But this kind of use is not what it's usually used for at all. So he was screaming, it's moktza, why are you using it for this? So Omar, so said, lo imistaye. The loy Not only does this, this rabbana that's uh, protesting here, not only does he not know the halach himself, he didn't learn. migmiri. He tries to teach others his mistake as well, to say that it's muktzah. It's not muktzah. it's not a problem. If it wasn't the would it not be fit for use to cover a uh, utensil with it if it wasn't a courtyard? So, over here in the Rishusha Rabbim as well, didi. For me, it has a purpose right now that I can use it to clean off my shoes even though it's not the regular use of it and therefore here in the Rosh Hashanah that itself would be considered mukta. But if another, in another place, in a courtyard, it has a use, it has a regular use that I can designate it for, so it's not mukta in the Rosh Hashanah either. Okay, when they're towards the bottom of Kuv Chav Beis. Mashmuel said in the name of Shmuel Megufas Shenichteta you have a cover, a lid of a barrel that the barrel broke. Muta le'taltel You're allowed to use it on Shabbos. Tanya nami hachi. We learned this in the braise as well. Megufa shenichteta, a lid of a barrel that broke. He ushvareha the lid and the broken pieces of this uh, barrel. Mutl le'taltel It's allowed to be moved on Shabbos because it can be used for something else. It can be used as a cover for something else. But, the Gemara clarifies, if you want to use it for something else, you're not allowed to take a broken piece and repair it, to use it as a cover for another keli. If it's not shaped the exact size that you need it as a cover, and you want to just smooth it out and straighten it out, that it should be a good cover, you're not allowed to do that. As Rashi says, the reason is because that's going to be, you're taking this broken piece and repairing it, that it should be used as a cover. Or to smooth it out, to be the right size to be able to support the leg of a bed. You're not allowed to shape it, it's the If you have these broken pieces and you went and threw it in the garbage, then Osr. Now, once you threw it in the garbage, you make it clear that you're not planning on using it. The very fact that you throw something in the garbage, that makes it asr to be used, it's mukta. Maskeflor, Rav Papa, Rav Papa asks on this last point, Now, if this is the case, if you tell me once you throw something in the garbage, it's automatically muksa. is that true about anything else as well? Zorik leyle if a person takes a good garment, a shirt, whatever, throws it into the garbage, are you going to say the very fact that you threw it into the garbage makes it muqsa, even if it's fit for use for something else? So Rav Papa says that's not reasonable to say. You're going to say you throw... Um, if what? what would he throw it in the garbage then? A good question, right. I don't know for some reason he doesn't need it. But Rav Papa is saying, if something has a good use, just the fact that you threw it in the garbage is not enough of a reason, on Shabbos that is, right? The mm-hmm. point of here is in the middle of Shabbos he threw it into the garbage. In other words, when Shabbos entered, it was a good garment or it was a piece of earthenware that could be used for something. So if in the middle of Shabbos a person goes and throws it into the garbage, that's enough to change the status of this object that now it should become mukta? So Rav disagrees. Elam Rav Papa. says no. If a person threw it into the garbage on Friday, so before Shabbos, so then Asura. Then I say from before Shabbos, he already showed and made up his mind that he's not going to use it, then it's going to be Yasser. But if when Shabbos entered, he did, it was not in the garbage and it was fit to be used for something, the fact that during Shabbos he threw it into the garbage, that's not enough to change its status on Shabbos itself. Oma Baram Duri Yama baram Duri said in the name of Shmuel, "Krumis Rods, or, or, or reeds, that is. Reeds that are uh, leftovers from a mat. So the question is, is it, this Muktzah on, on uh, Shabbos? Does it have any use? Now, before we were talking about broken pieces of a barrel. Now we're talking about leftovers of a mat. What kind of a per- purpose could that have? So Gemara says, yeah, You're allowed to move it on Shabbos. It has a purpose. My time, eh? My time. Amarave, um, so Rav says Barhamduri Azbrali he explained it to me, machselas gufa, the mat itself. What is the mat itself fit for? La what What is it fit for? La Beyafra, to cover earth. So Zarashi says either it's to cover the earth so the dust of the earth shouldn't come up, or if you have any schmutz on the ground so you can use a mat to cover that. That's what the uh, mat itself is good for. So haninami, the uh, reeds that the uh, leftovers from the mat are also there it could be used for the same thing. Has in the it can be used to cover any schmutz, any dirt in the ground. So therefore, it's not muktzah. Leftovers of pruzmiyos. According to Rashi's opinion, this is leftovers of a talis. You have a with tzitzis, and uh, it's not that a piece ripped off of it. So is, is this leftovers of a talis useful for something? So he says no. It's not aser letaltlan you're not allowed to move it, you can't do anything with it on Shabbos. So Abaye says, We're talking about a piece of this talus that's less than 3 by 3 tfachim. It's not going to be used. It's not fit for use, not for poor people. You once had this before in the Gemara. The minimum size of a garment that could be used is 3 by 3 tfachim. Less than that, it's not going to be used even as a as a patch to cover something. Therefore, it's not fit to be used for Shabbos. So Rashi here specifically says we're talking about the leftover of a piece of a talus Because if it was a leftover piece of a garment according to Rashi then that could still be even if it's a tiny piece even if it's smaller than three by three It may still have a use you can use it to cover something You can use it to cover schmutz, as we said before but here we're talking about the leftovers of a talus So therefore it can't be used for anything else other than just like a garment and over here if it's so small It's not used as a garment Tanner Abbanan, a third example, a third halacha in this uh, concept. Shivrei Taner, the broken pieces of a tanner, of a tanner Yashon, of an old oven. What does it mean an old oven? An old oven means an oven, and this is, we're talking about the olden times ovens that are made from earthenware. Mm-hmm. Now as Rashi here explains, the earthenware that was designed and made as an oven, so before it was ever heated up even once, this earthenware is, is not very solid, it's not very strong it's fresh and it could still break apart but once you heat it up the heat strengthens the earthenware okay so tanayasha means that it was already used at least once and therefore the cheres of the of the oven is strong enough that it's it, it would hold and even if it breaks it could be used for something else it's an earthenware that's strong that could be used for something else so so these broken pieces of this oven that was heated up at least once it could be it's it's not muktzah. it could be moved around and a chatzah could be used. Divrei Rabmeyer. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, no, eini tolem. The broken pieces of an oven cannot be used, it's muktze. Hey Rabbi Yehuda, Mishim, Rabbi Loza ben He said in the name of Rabbi Loza ben Ya'kiv, Yoshan, Shani Yashon, Shenitolim, Besabbos. That the broken pieces of an oven that was once used could be moved in Shabbos. And then he also added another halacha, Valkisuyoi, the cover of an oven, could also be moved on Shabbos Even without having a handle, which makes it easier to use, even without a handle, it could be moved on Shabbos Okay, so now the Gemara will focus on explaining what this machleikas is about Right, we have a machleikas here where the broken pieces of an oven that was used once at least could be used on Shabbos or not But my Miflegi, what's the argument about? Amr so Abayah says their argument is the same argument that we had before in the Mishnah. Be'oysen me'ein melache, when you have broken pieces of a utensil that is useful for something, but ein oysen me'ein it's not useful for the original keili, the original utensil that it was designated for. Komifliki, that's what the argument is about over here. So you have broken pieces of an oven. Originally, what's this oven intended for? To heat, to cook in it. Now when it's broken, you can't use these broken pieces of earthenware as an oven to cook in it. You can use it for something else, you can use it to cover something. So the makhloikes over here is when something had one use and now you want to use it for a different use, is there an issue of noilad? Now on Shabbos, do we say it's a new thing that was created and therefore it's muktzeh? Or no, there's no issue of noilad. The <speaking in Hebrew> Rabbi Yehuda follows his opinion because Rabbi Yehuda holds that there's a problem of neilad, and therefore it's mukta. But Rab Meir that and Rabbi Meir follows his opinion, which was the Tanakama of the Mishnah, which is Rab Meir that holds that there's no issue of neilad, there's no issue of neilad, and therefore if it has any use, not only the original use that it was part of when it was in part of the oven, it could still be used. That's what the machlekes is about. Say, please, With the, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so Narov asks a question on this pshat He says that if so, if this is what the content of the Machlikes is about ah, the Why are they arguing about an oven that broke into pieces? And now the question is whether these broken pieces that are useful for something else whether it's Muktzah or not Why aren't they arguing about any case of any utensil that broke and now the broken pieces are useful for something else and not for its original use. The, the, the machlekes should apply anywhere. Why are we arguing specifically by an oven? Lift look at So therefore will explain here that we're talking specifically about an oven. But not only are we talking about an oven, as we'll see in the gemara, we're talking about a very specific scenario of an oven, a specific type of oven. And here there's a the machlekes, as the gemara will explain. There's a specific oven that broke, that we're talking about, that wasn't a very good quality oven, as the Gemara will explain. And now the question is, whether the broken pieces of this oven could be used. What's the none. Uh, so we learned in the Mishnah as follows. So before I read it inside, what is the um, shape of how ovens were made back then? Of course the ovens were not made back then the way they are today. The way the ovens were made then was basically an earthenware pot, a large earthenware pot with a big opening, but it also did not have a bottom. And you put, made the fire on the floor, on the ground, and it was placed on the ground, and the fire was made on the bottom. And then you were able to place the pots on top of this oven. But over here, the Gemara is going to explain, what we're talking about is an oven that's actually placed over a pit. And the fire is made inside the pit. And the heat of the fire from the pit enters into the oven. Okay, so now the question is, is the heat of that fire in the pit strong enough and it's insulated well enough. The oven is positioned on the pit and it's insulated well enough that the fire in the pit enters, goes upward and enters into the oven. That's one kind of oven. That's a good quality oven. That's an oven that's well attached to the ground. It's, 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 It's wedged into the ground. It's good positioned in this pit. And the fire from the pit goes into the oven. That's one kind of oven. Then you have another kind of oven. It's positioned above this pit, but it's not... It's not insulated well, there is a fire in the pit that you could make for the oven but it's not going to be hot enough. You're going to have to figure out how to make an additional fire inside the oven itself. You're going to have to make some kind of a makeshift floor for this oven itself to be able to make a fire inside the oven itself. Let's see inside. You place the oven over the opening of a pit or over the opening of a dos which is the same as a pit but it's just built above ground. The Nasan Sham oven, and you place a stone over there. What this means is that in order for it to be well insulated into the ground, it should fit into this pit. So you might have to put a stone there in order that it should fit well into the pit. It shouldn't fall in too deep, and it, it should be perfectly positioned there. So then Rabbi Yehuda says, Masik If when you make the fire blow inside the pit, and the oven. That's above, becomes hot, very hot from the fire inside the pit. So then tume. This is an oven that becomes tume. So we'll see soon the pshat of why this is. But only if it's a good quality oven. It gets hot from the fire inside the pit, then it becomes tome. This is an oven that's susceptible to tomeh. Vimlav, if it does not get heated up properly from the fire that's inside the pit, then tohir. Then this is a kind of oven that will be toheh. It's not a good quality oven and it's tohir the chachamim disagree. Chachamim say, If it's an oven and it has heat, it gets heated up either way, whether it's a good quality oven and it's, it's connected well to the ground, it's not connected well to the ground, either way, Tameh. The oven will become, it's a good, a good enough of an oven that it will become Tameh. Okay, now the Gemara will explain, the machleikis about this oven. Again, we're, all, we're bringing this up over here all to show you that there's an oven that's not the regular quality oven. There's an inferior quality oven and that's what the machleikis is going to be about also regarding mukta But before we get to the mukta the gemata will explain what is the machleikis here about this inferior quality oven that doesn't get heated up properly, <laughs> it's not connected to the ground co- uh, properly, whether it becomes tomeh or not. So before I read the Gamada inside, usually we know actually regarding tomeh, Something that's connected to the ground does not become Tameh. For example, the walls of a house, the floor of a house, this all part of the ground, that's not something that becomes Tameh. A utensil that's detached from the ground becomes Tameh. Attached to the ground, that's not Tameh. By an oven, according to the Tanakami here, who is this? Rabbi Yehuda, he says the opposite. That when it comes to an oven, when it's connected to the ground, that's when it becomes Tameh. Why? Because only when it's connected to the ground is it a good quality oven. It's connected well, it's insulated, the fire will heat it up properly. That's the way an oven is intended to be. Only then is it tomei. If it's not connected to the ground well, then it's not going to be Tomeh. Because it's not a good quality oven. It's not a real oven. Let's see in the Gemara inside. The mai Kamifluki. So what's the source of their Machleikes? So the Gemara brings a pasik. Baha'i Kra, the following pasik. When the taita describes an oven that became tomei, what does the pasik say? Tana v'kirayim yutatz. This oven should be demolished. It's Tomei, it should be Tomei for you. So, Rabbi, over, Rabbi Yehuda Sava, Rabbi says the Taita uses the term Yutatz, which means to demolish. This is not a term that Rashi explains here that the Taita uses regarding any other utensil. Usually, when the Taita talks about a utensil that's Tomei, what does the Taita say? Shvira. That's the term used for breaking for a utensil. Here it says demolish. Demolish refers to something, to like a structure, a building, something that's connected to the ground. So the word yutats shows that it has to be connected to the ground. So Rabbi Yehuda Sova, tome. an oven that's connected to the ground and it has to be demolished, that's susceptible to Tomeh. If it's not connected to the ground and it does not have to be demolished, it's just like any other utensil that's movable that you can break, that is toher." It's not a good quality oven and it's tahir. That's Rabbi Yudhis opinion. Rabbanan Sabri, Rabbanan say no. It says an extra time here in this postic, tmeim yiyu l'chem. It already said tmeim, But then it says again, tmeim yiyu l'chem. Here, from here Rabbanan say, mikol makayim. That means that any oven, whether it's connected to the ground, whether it's not connected to the ground, it's a good quality oven, it's not a good quality oven, either way it's going to be tomeh. Gemara, so now the Gemara will explain how each one of them explains the other possek of the other opinion. How do the explain this expression of yutatz of malish that the taita uses here? Answers the Gemara, according to the Rabbanon. Hahul. according to them, the chiddush of the taita here is in the opposite. What's the opposite? So the Gemara explains. I would think to say that an oven should be no different than any other utensil. What's the halacha by every other utensil? Even the chabre ba'ara, once you connect the utensil to the ground, kugufi da'ara It becomes like part of the ground. The ground itself is susceptible to tomeh? No. So I would think that an oven is like any other utensil. Kamash Malan, the Taita writes you not to tell you that an oven will become tomeh only if it's connected to the ground. It's coming to tell you that it's going to be tomeh even if it's connected to the ground. Even if the oven is not connected to the ground, and it's not a good quality oven, it'll become Tomei. The Torah is saying, even if it's connected to the ground, and you have to demolish it, it'll also be Tomei. That's the Rabbonin's opinion. The Iddoch Nami, now according to Rabbi Yehuda as well, What do they learn out from the fact that the Torah says tmeim yehulachem, an extra time telling you that it's Tomei, the Rabbanon said. You learn from there whether it is connected to the ground, whether it's not connected to the ground. What does Rabbi Yehuda learn from this? Answers the Gemara, he learned that Yudom said as follows This whole discussion over here about what quality oven is susceptible to tumah, whether it's connected to the ground or not, we're talking about when you are uh, the very first time heating up the oven. As I mentioned before, the first time you heat up the oven, that completes the oven. That's the most significant time that strengthens the Earthenware of the oven, to, uh, it should be a good oven. So the whole argument over here about the quality of the oven is the first time you heat it up. Once you he heated it up once, well, and now you're heating it up a second time or you're a third time, fourth time, even if you detached it from the ground and theoretically hung it from the neck of a camel, it would also be tummy. Holmach Leikis is only the first time. That's what we learn out from Tmei in that after the first time that it was designated as a good oven, so afterwards, it doesn't matter anymore. Omar Ullah now also clarifies and explains the opinion of the Rabbanon. According to the Rabbanon, even the first time he heating up the oven, it does not have to be even positioned on the ground at all. Not only does it not have to be well insulated into the ground, it doesn't have to be positioned on the ground at all. Even if you have the oven that's movable and it's hanging on the neck of a camel, I don't see how it's practical to use an oven hanging on the neck of a camel, but theoretically. saying like even if it's not connected to the ground at all, it would be a good oven. Okay, till here is the Braise that we bring, or the Mishnah actually, that we bring about an oven. How is this relevant to our Gemara? We see over here that when it comes to an inferior quality oven, it's not connected to the ground well, it doesn't heat up from the fire in the pit well, so there's a machleikis whether this is considered to be an oven regarding Tumah. So the Gemara now is comparing and saying that's exactly what the machleikis is over here regarding muktzah. When you have an inferior oven that wasn't connected to the ground well, Rabbi Judah says this is not an oven. Regarding Tumah we don't consider this to be an oven, so therefore regarding muktzah as well he says it's not a good oven and therefore it's going to be muktzah on Shabbos. On the other hand, the Rabbanan say, no, even an oven that wasn't connected to the ground at all, it was made on the, hanging from the uh, neck of a, of a camel, it's a good oven and it could be used and it's going to be makabal toma and it's not going to be muktzeh as well. That's the machloikis that they had about this inferior quality oven. Maskaflor Ravashi, Ravashi asks, on this pshat of Ihachi, if this is what they're arguing here about, specifically this type of oven, so why are they arguing about an oven that broke? Let them argue about the oven itself. The argument is about this inferior quality oven, where it has to be heated up the first time in the in, in, inside a pit insulated in the ground or not. That's what they should argue about. Why are they arguing about the broken parts of the oven? And the Gemara adds, if according to Rabbi even the oven, when it's intact, is not a keli because it's not a good oven, shvar of boya. Do we need to, would we need to say that the broken pieces of this oven are not a keili? So why are we, why according to your pshat, are they arguing only about the broken pieces of the oven? Elom and so therefore ravashi goes back to the original pshat. really the pshat of it here is, like we said in the beginning, what are they arguing about? Shivrei Taner, broken pieces of an oven, and the basis of their argument is, broken pieces of an oven, could it be used in any way, like its original use, as an oven, to heat up in it. And how would that be possible? We're talking over here about something that could be heated up in it, like like a tile. Meaning an oven, what's an oven made for? An oven is made for you place things inside the oven to heat it up. If you have a broken piece of an oven, you can make a fire under this broken piece, and you can put something on top of this broken piece of oven, like like on a tile, like a, I don't know, a little piece of dough or whatever it is, and it's going to heat up. So it could, not my sitapke. it could still be used to some degree like its original use. That's what uh, we're talking about over here. Now, what's the pshat? rab Rabmeyer, Rabmeyer here that says that this is still gonna be not mukhtse, because it could still be used like its original use. Rab Meir l'dvarav of ka'oma. Rab Meir is saying something to Rabbi Yehuda according to his, according to Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. And this is what he's telling him: Lididi, according to my opinion, afille meein Even if this broken piece of oven that does any has any use, not use to heat up. I can use it to cover something. It wouldn't be mukta. That's my opinion. It doesn't have to have its original use. El lidi However, your opinion is that it has to have a use, for its original use, to be heated up for something. you should admit to me, that kahai gavna, a broken piece of an oven, that could still be used to heat up with it, melachtoihu, it still could, in some, to some extent, be used for its original use to heat up with it. So you should be mighty for me in this case that it should not be muktzeh. That was what Rab Meir was telling Rabbi Yehuda here regarding this broken piece of an oven. Now, what does Rabbi Yehuda say to this? Why did Rabbi Yehuda argue? Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi says, no, loy dummy. You can't consider a little piece of an oven that could be used to heat up on it to be similar to its original use. Why not? Hassam, when it was part of the oven, when it was intact, Hasekem mi How do you heat up in the oven? You place things inside. Hacha, mi b'chutz. Over here, you're heating up something, it's just on top of it, it's exposed on top. It's a completely different kind of heating up. Hassam, in an oven, in those days, how did they heat up things in an the oven? They attached it to the wall. It's not they didn't have these shelves that it positioned it on it. It's attached to the side on the wall vertically So Mu'omet, it's sort of it's standing up meaning it's vertical. It's on the attached to the wall That's how they heat it up Hacha over here, if you want to heat something up in this little piece and you make a fire below it Lav Mu'omet, it's not attached to the wall. You're just placing it down sitting Place it down on this piece of tile taken from this oven. So therefore, it's not It's not compared to the oven at all we brought, we said before that he said in the name of Rabbi Yezir ben Yaakov, the broken piece of an oven, that it's not Kisui, Val Shabbos, and the cover of an oven, it doesn't need a handle to be allowed to move it on Shabbos. According to who do we today move around the cover of an oven? The, uh, uh, the, the Masa Machasya, and the city of Masa Machasya. This is a cover that has no handle. This is according to the opinion of Rablozub and Yaakov. We always pass in like Rablozub and Yaakov, and over here as well, we pass in like his opinion. You can move around the cover of an oven without the handle. Zok the Mishnah. A rack that's placed inside the Kiruya. A Kiruya is, let's use um, like an example, a pumpkin that you empty out. And <clears throat> what's the purpose of emptying out a pumpkin? You want to use it as a, as a uh, Kali, as a utensil to be able to draw water with it, okay? The problem though is that this empty pumpkin is going to float in the water It's not going to go down into the well So you place a, a rock inside to make it heavy that it should weigh down and go to be able to draw water with it In Malamba, if you're able to fill water with this uh, empty pumpkin that has a rock inside and the rack will not fall out, it's, it's tied, it's, it's fastened well to the walls of this uh, pumpkin, you can fill with it, even though a rack is usually mukta. but if the rack is, is is connected to it, then you can fill with it. But if not, if when you're using this pumpkin and you're trying to uh, fill the water, the rack is going to fall out, you can't use it to fill water with it, the, the rack inside makes it mukta Zmaira, a, um, a piece from a vine, a, a branch from a vine. Shikshura b'tefiach, which is connected to a um, pitcher. And you're using it uh, to be able to also, to be able to uh, draw water from a pit with it. You lower it down, you're using it as a rope. you bab allowed that you're, that you're allowed to fill with it on Shabbos. Gemara will explain this. Pekak hachaloin, the shutters of a window. Are you allowed to shutter a window on Shabbos? Here, this is not an issue of muktzeh. Over here, there's a different issue of baina that they could be building on Shabbos. So Rabbi Yeza, Rabbi Yeza says, If this shutter is, is connected to the walls of the house, but and it's also suspended above the ground, then paikikim bai. Then it's clear that it's already part of the house, you're not building here, and therefore you could build with this on Shabbos. You can shutter the windows on Shabbos with this. Vimlav, if it's not either connected, or even if it is, but it's not suspended above the ground, piking about you can't shut out the windows. Either way, piking about you're allowed to shut out the windows in Shabbos, it's not a problem. Okay, so the Gemara will start with the first case of this empty pumpkin that has a rock inside. Does that rock make it mukzah or not? So we said if it's well attached, then it does not make it mukzah if it's not well attached, it will be mukzah. So the Gemara first brings another Mishnah and then connects it back to this case. Tanasam, there's another Mishnah that we're gonna learn later. If you have a barrel, on top of the barrel, you have a rack, a person placed a rack on top of this barrel. So what do you do? Now you want to drink the wine. How do you, the rack is usually muktzeh. How do you drink from this wine? Tilt the barrel on its side, and the rack will fall off. You're not allowed to move the rack directly, but you can tilt the the barrel and the rack will fall off, and then you can can access the wine. So, Rabbi said in the name of Rabbi Echenen, that Mishnah there that says that you tilt it off, that it's allowed to be tilted off, if you forgot that rock there on top of the barrel. But if you place that rock there specifically, that's where you wanted the rock to be, so then the entire barrel becomes a base for this rock, and it's a base for a forbidden item, so the entire barrel becomes mukta So now you can't tilt it, you can't move it off, it's all a base for something which is mukta. That was Rabba's opinion, so Rabba was very machmeher. Rav Yasef, Omer Rav Asi, Omer Rav Yechinen, Rav Yasef said in the name of Rav that said in the name of Rav Yechinen, no, he was more lenient. Lo this, that it says you can't touch the rock, you have to tilt it off, that's if you forgot the rock there. So then you have to tilt it off. Avo B'Maniach, but if you went and placed the rock to cover the barrel, on top of the barrel, so then, we consider this rock now to be a cover for this barrel. It's not, the rock is not mukts anymore. It's just simply a cover. So you can just take it off directly. So that was the makhloikas over here. What happens when you place a rock on top of a barrel? Do I say it becomes a cover? Or do I say, no, it's mukts and you have to still tilt it off. So now we bring it back to the rock over here that was placed inside this empty pumpkin to be used as a uh, as a, uh, a kelly to draw water with it. Omar Abbas, We asked a question from our Mishnah here, on my opinion. This rack that's placed inside this empty pumpkin. If you can fill the water with this, and the rack will not fall out. You can fill with it. So what do you see over here? That once you place the rack inside, that rack now becomes part of this this utensil to be used to uh, draw the water with it. So, why shouldn't we say the same thing regarding the case where a person placed the rock on top of a barrel? Why shouldn't that become a cover? Right? Rabbi said it doesn't become a cover, but why not? So he says, but Wallahi, it's not a comparison. Hassam, over there, in other words, in our Mishnah here, when he placed the rock inside this pumpkin, Kivin the Hatka, he fastened it, he tightened it to the wall. Somehow he tied it tight to the wall. Shaviyodayfin. Over here, it becomes part of the wall. So you're allowed to use it to draw water with it. In this case, where Rabba was talking about, he just placed a rock on top of the barrel. He didn't connect it to the barrel. So in such a case, the rock will still be muktze. Rav now said, And the question was asked, on my opinion, from the continuation of what it said in this Mishnah, that Imlav, what did it say? If you place the rock inside this pumpkin, and it's not tight, and it's, it could fall out, you can't use it to fall from this. So the question is, I see over here that if the rock is not tight to the pumpkin and it could fall out, then it's still Muktzah. Why don't I say the same thing when you place a rock on top of a barrel? It's not fast and tight to the barrel. Why shouldn't it be Muktzah? Rav Yosef says, as soon as you place it on top, it becomes a cover and it's not Muktzah. Why not? So he answers, no, it's not the same thing. V'loyhi, Hossam, in our Mishnah here, where, where a person placed a rack inside the pumpkin, hotka since he didn't tighten it to the, to the uh, pumpkin that he's using here to draw water with it. butli has no use, the rack is going to fall out, the rack is not serving any purpose, if it's going to fall out, there's no point. But over here, when he places it on top of the barrel, it's covering it, in such a case, Rev. holds Holtz, it is considered to be a cover. But not, now the Gemara explains. But my kamiflegi. What's really the source of their argument? So the Gemara explains as follows. In other words, again, the Raba holds: You place a rock on top of a barrel. That does not designate it as a cover. You just put it there. That's not enough. Rav Yisuf holds: The very fact that you put it on top of the barrel that makes it a cover. What's the source of their machleikis? Mar savar. Rabah holds: Beinon maisa. You have to actually make do an action. To change the nature of this rock itself. You have to do something in order for it to become a cali. Just placing it down is not enough. Marsava Rav Yesuf's opinion is Loi Maisa. To take a rock that it should be considered to be a cover, you don't need any action. Just placing it down there. In other words, you don't have to change it. You're just placing it down there is good enough for it to not be mukta. This is something we learned about a long time ago in, in, in the Gemara, about an item which is not a cali in order to designate it as a kalee what exactly is necessary to do to designate it as a kalee do you have to make a physical change in it or not that's the maghlekis over here dawaz dilata may they're following their opinion that it happened in another case The di of di mayamraf yajinan wa amrila amrab zaidan di ghiyasiraf di amrab khanina sorry that means the name of khanina wa amrila amrab zaidan amrab khanina pa mahas halakh rabbi luma kmahad once rabbi came to one place and he saw a row of uh, rocks. He told his students, You have to go and, and, and think, have in mind that That tomorrow, Shabbos, we're going to use this to sit on it. If you're going to have that in mind, then it's going to be designated for sitting and it won't be Mokta. Now the Gemara explains, rabbi, rabbi did not require them to actually do an action with this row of bricks to move it or to place it somewhere to be able to sit on it. Just having in mind that they're going to use it to sit on it was good enough. Rabbi Yechanin argued. Rabbi Yechanin said, no, Rabbi l'maise. Rabbi did require them to do an action with the bricks itself that it should not be mukta. What is it that Rabbi told them to do? Rabbi Abiyama, says Abi says, Go and line it up, prepare it to be able to sit on it. That's what they did. Um, that's what Rabbi told them. Rabbi Asi said, no, he didn't tell them to position it, to, to move it, to be able to sit on it, but rather, He told them, clean it off from any uh, dirt that it has, in, from any cement. Clean it off that we should be able to sit on it. But you see that you have to do an action. So here we see this machlaik is: is it necessary to do an action in order to prepare something not to be mukta? Or just your intention is good enough? Now we have other opinions about this very same story. Um, Itmer, we learned, another um, uh, opinions about this. Rabbi Yehsib bin Shaul said: it wasn't a row of bricks, it wasn't a row of rocks. It was a row of beams that will adhere, that they wanted to use to sit on it. Rabbi Yechelen Ben-Shal says, It was a pole that's used in a boat. We once learned about this, the pole that they had on a boat to see if the if the water is not too shallow. That was what was there that they wanted to use to sit on. So now the Gemara says, The one that says that it was this pole of a boat, For sure, if it was these uh, planks of wood or these beams of wood, for sure you would be allowed to sit on it. Mandoma soyar, the ones that it sa- one that says that it was pieces of wood, uh, beams of wood, aval but if it was this metal uh, that's used for a boat, kapadala. That you would not be able to use on Shabbos, and the reason is because this metal uh, stick that's used by a boat is an expensive thing and people put it aside. They want to use it only for the boat and not for anything else. If you're gonna use it for something else, it could get bent out of shape. And that's something that's always gonna be mukta, mahmas, khisar and kiss. This is the most stringent mukta when something could be get could get ruined and therefore a person designates it and doesn't use it on Shabbos. Okay.